The Impossible Swim explores the legacy and what it takes physically and mentally to be a marathon athlete. Uh, this movie I found really kind of fascinating because there is a mental component to everything that you do, uh, whether it's this job or or uh, whatever it is. But if you are swimming across Lake Ontario, uh, there's a point in the middle of that swim where it's more mental than physical, I think. Uh, and we're going to discuss that. Uh, we're talking about this movie, The Impossible Swim, uh, which airs as part of TSN's original series, Engraved on a Nation, and it plays on February 27th at 7.30 p.m. on uh, TSN. And uh, it's about Maya Farrell and her attempted second crossing of Lake Ontario following in the footsteps of great Canadian female marathon swimmers Marilyn Bell and Vicki Keith. And uh, we're lucky enough to have a the, the first, I think, the first father and daughter combo we've ever had in here. <laughs> uh, the first father and daughter uh, filmmaking combo, for sure, that we've ever had in here. Larry Weinstein and Ali Weinstein. You've both been here before separately yes. for different yep. movies. First time you've been together. Yeah. That's right. It's the first time we've co-directed. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about co-directing and, and how you work together. I, you know, I always think of films as being sort of a director's vision, one person's vision, and then it's a collaborative medium from there. But how do you split directing duties? Well, uh, <laughs> honestly, from the start, it was a bit nerve-wracking. I mean, I remember when I first told people around me in the industry that we were going to be doing this together, a lot of people were like, are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> um, especially co-directing with someone so close to you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a bit scary. Like, are you going to be fighting all of the time? Um, and we tried, I mean, at the start, I think we tried talking about a sort of division of labor, like on set, uh, one of us could be more focused on the visuals versus one of us sort of takes on the interviews. Um, but in the end... It was sort of organically really meshed. Like we both, I think, there was a little bit of a division, but I think we kind of were both involved in all of the components pretty equally. Yeah. And I think personally, I just think it's because, I mean, I we have very similar sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And um, it was pretty amazing to me that we actually agreed on virtually everything. There were moments, but most mostly it was, <laughs> it was like really amazing how in sync we were, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we share a very similar aesthetic. And, and um, I, the whole thing started because um, I, I had done another um, TSN mm -hmm. film uh, like six years earlier. Uh, they had done this other series, the original Engraved on a Nation. And I, I had done a film on, on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, their fans, actually. The 13th Man was the name of it. And and the people at TSN and Bell liked that film and asked me if I could be part of the new series. But I was very busy on another film, uh, a, a feature documentary on propaganda. And I, I and yet I had been lobbying with people at Bell for a while. What, what a, that was such a great experience. We have to do this again. And so when it came up, it was such a great opportunity. And I was working with the writer David Morton, who I've worked with a lot, and we kept coming up with ideas for films that that 
we could do very quickly mm-hmm. and and I could still work on the other film and and in the meantime I realized this is impossible this is not going to work <laughs> <laughs> it's an impossible film so I I suggested what about co-directing and I only had one co-director in mind um and uh and eventually actually we had several subject ideas and Ali came up with this idea of the marathon swimming being the swimmer that she is, I think it's instinctual. And well, yeah, we'll touch on that in a sec. Uh, could you imagine co-directing with anybody else? Yeah, I actually. <laughs> I, that's the wrong, that's the wrong after answer. this experience, almost anyone else. No, is that okay? <laughs> anybody, please. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I mean, obviously, I think most directors would not want to co-direct. Mm-hmm. Like it is, of course, you have your vision and you and you just want to be the one. I mean, obviously, on set there is like a hierarchy in yeah. terms of getting that vision across, and that was tricky from time to time for sure. But actually, I, it wasn't. You, you. You were the main director, <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to defer to you. I, I want to just add one thing. I, I'm interrupting you, Allie, but but it is true that though we did this division of labor thing, when, when we were doing interviews, for instance, Allie did a lot of the main interviews, but I was there listening. I, I would respond. It's like she's asking the question, but I feel like it's the question I would have asked. I'm responding the way she would have responded. And sometimes I would – slip into the chair that she was just in asking the question. I felt bad for the interviewees because they had twice as many yeah, yeah, interviewers yeah, yeah, and these yeah. were long interviews. Um, but but it was really great uh, how we could just kind of interchange roles and, and, um, and fluidly and seamlessly, I feel. Um, and and that was something really special. I we I felt very much in cahoots with this <laughs> this co-director, whoever she was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think I just I really did enjoy the collaborative aspect of it, and so I would be up for trying that again with someone else for sure. So or let's the same set, person. Or the same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's set the stage a little bit. Sure. Uh, in, in, to do that, we have to go back away. So the film tells us about Marilyn Bell. And it's hard to underestimate how popular she was mm-hmm. uh, as a public figure, yeah. uh, certainly in Ontario, and I think in all of Canada, uh, for uh, uh, maybe a brief while. But there were songs written about her. We hear one of them in the film. Yeah. Uh, so let's set the stage, talk about this sort of long-distance swimming idea and Marilyn Bell. Sure. Well, I think it is hard to understand um, what the what the situation was like back in the 50s when Marilyn Bell swam and before that. But um, as far as I understand it, long distance swimming was like this spectacle and there would be these competitions down at the CNE grounds and people would like tons of people would come down and watch and there would be competitions for a lot of prize money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like this. It was, you know. The TSN of its time. Well, it, and this is kind of like the era, too, probably of dance-a-thons when people yeah. would yes. dance all night or for two days in a row until they collapsed and that sort of thing, too. Yeah, like sport for entertainment, mm-hmm. the way that it is now, but just in a different in a different manner. Yeah. And so for decades, there had been this um, really competitive nature to swimming. And then how the Marilyn Bell thing started, um, She, the CNE was putting on this competition uh, who could swim across Lake Ontario, and there was this grand prize of $10,000. And um, actually, it really started with one woman, an American right. swimmer, who was going to do it. And then Canadians were like, what about us? Right. And so a couple other people sort of entered the race, and Marilyn Bell at the time was 16 years old at this 
Catholic school girl. Unknown. Yes, yeah. unknown. And her coach, Gus Ryder, um, who was very famous at the time, uh, thought that she was capable and pushed her to enter this race. Um, and she came in and did it. And it was just... I don't think people even knew that she was swimming. She kind of jumped yeah. in after the American swimmer. Right. Went in and the American swimmer was getting the, the coverage. And Marilyn was just kind of swimming behind. <laughs> and eventually all everyone else dropped out because it's such a difficult swim. And no one had ever done it before. Nobody had ever crossed Lake, on, crossed Lake Ontario, but Marilyn Bell did. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it couldn't have been just for the money. I mean, $10,000 at that moment was a life-changing amount of money. Yeah. I mean, you, could, you could buy a house with that, yeah. you know, and probably more, but a house and a car with ten grand in 1955. <laughs> but, but it's got to be more than just the money for her. Yes, it is more than the money for her, Allie. (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things, like, making this film, that's part of the uh, quest is to try to understand the mentality of these marathon swimmers and Mm. what pushes them. Because, as you said, it is so incredibly mental, um, having the will to push yourself through what seems as if it is an impossible feat. And I think there's different answers to why people do it, but there is something about trying to prove to yourself what you're capable of um, and that the thing you're capable of doing seems inhuman. And so at that time, it is, it's just hard to imagine. Now there's quite a few people who have some, I mean, yeah. I'm talking like 65 people, maybe <laughs> 70 people in the whole in, world who have history. swum across Lake yeah. Ontario. Um, but to be the first person to not know, and it took 21 hours for Marilyn Bell to do that. So it's hard to imagine being her swimming for 21 hours straight without touching a boat, without getting to And rest. at the time, the, the ecology was different. The ecosystem was different. And she had all these... Oh, fighting uh, eels. Eels that were attaching to her. Oil yeah. spills in the water. Um, it was worse for Vicky Keith years later <laughs> when, when there was a bit of a backup in the sewage system in mm. Lake Ontario. <laughs> oh, right. We didn't mention that in the film. Wow. <laughs> well, the, the film is called The Impossible swim and it uh, premieres on TSN on February 27th at 7:30 and we've just got a minute or so left but we're talking about the the mental preparation uh, that it takes to do this swim 21 hours without touching the boat eels swimming around you attaching themselves to you that sort of thing did did was there something that you learned from her that was a surprise because for me I would say okay you're mentally prepared but there's got to be something beyond that are you talking about Marilyn Bell specifically? Yeah, because, for now. We're, yes. we're moving on. We're moving uh, on yeah. after this. I, I think the thing that impressed us the most about Marilyn Bell was this: considering how much fame she had and, and continues to have, because people we've talked about, uh, when we've talked about this film, people know that name. Yeah, yeah. There are fairies named after her. Yeah, there are points right. um, in, in Lake Ontario named after her. She, it's incredible humility. And, and how good she is as a person, the fact that she continues to stay in touch with all the marathon open water swimmers and, and tracks their swims and, and gives them encouragement and calls them and, and writes to them and, and Facebooks them. And she's, um, she's such a – she's the one who really in Canada – created this this community of swimmers, especially the sisterhood, mm-hmm. because so many of these swimmers have been female, uh, have been women. And, and um, we were just so impressed. She's just such a good person. 
And that's something that permeated through through the whole community. We'll pick up the story of the impossible swim on the other side of this commercial. Uh, stay with us. The film airs on February 27th at 7.30 on TSN. My guests in studio are Ali and Larry Weinstein, directors of the film. Stay with us. Welcome back. In studio, we have Ali and Larry Weinstein. They're a father and daughter duo uh, who have directed their first film together. Maybe their last. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe just the first of many. Uh, but the film is called The Impossible Swim. And it is about swimming Lake Ontario, specifically uh, a young woman named Maya Farrell and uh, her uh, reattempt the second crossing of Lake Ontario, following in the footsteps of people like Marilyn Bell and Vicki Keith. We were just talking about Marilyn Bell because she was and remains a significant sporting figure, but there was a time when she was like the Dion Quintuplets. I mean, there was a time when everybody knew who she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I find it really interesting that you say that she's created this kind of sisterhood of people who have, have uh, attempted the swim or done the swim across Lake Ontario. Uh, many of them are women. Why, why do we think that is? It's such a good question. I mean, it's honestly not something that I've seen talked about very much in the mm-hmm. media. I mean, to be honest, marathon swimming is not that popular in the media these days anymore. But as we were doing research for the film, um, it just became apparent to us looking at who were the most sort of successful in terms of the number of records they've Mm -hmm. broken. Swimmers, um, they happen to mostly be women. There's lots of talented men who are marathon swimmers, but it seemed as if women were really at the forefront of this sport. And I think that was one of our questions going into this mm-hmm. film. We wanted to understand it. I mean, we have our own theories, I think. There's, yeah. Well, well I mean, I feel like the people we asked had, had really barely thought of it themselves. It was, an, it was an internal challenge. And they were aware of those records and they're aware that there's maybe something physiological or psychological that makes it more suited to women. What are you thinking? I mean, it is a really personal sport. It's yeah. not a team sport. Um, you're out there. I mean, there's a trainer who is, who is giving you heck all the way along. You can do it. You can do it and, and sort of keeping you going. But yeah. it is. It's Once you're in the water, it is all about you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're underwater. Think, like You can't hear, really. Like The marathon swimmers, of course, you can't swim 20, 30 hours without stopping. But right. when they stop, what they're doing is treading water for 30 seconds while they throw some water in their mouth. Or like, I mean, yeah, you know, their, their coach from the boat hands Rehydrating. them. Rehydrating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hands them a bottle of water. Hands them a little, like, morsel of food yeah. to, to keep their energy up. And and also in those moments, sometimes we'll give a word of advice or um, encouragement. But it is so mental and so personal. And I think there's something about that that's maybe more appealing to women, generally speaking, mm-hmm. um, that it's not about the glory or about... Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something innate or, or, or primal about the um, the, the competitive sports of men's, you know, smashing <laughs> against men <laughs> and proving there's uh, obviously there's a lot of team sports. Yeah, this uh, for is not a very violent well. sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's um, you know I think TSN was was questioning it as a subject at first because mm-hmm. it's not a conventional sport that you right. think of. But but when we started saying things like in a way it's the most extreme of the extreme sports. I mean, we'll be talking about someone else who, who the the other subject in the yeah. film, and and when she swims, it's it's unbelievable the records that she she broke, 
and uh, whether a man is capable of doing yeah. it. Well, no man has done that. So what is that mm. all about? It's also a sport where, like, honestly, the way that a lot of the marathon swimmers look, it's not, they don't look the way that we picture, like, an Olympic athlete right. who are, you know, with, like, tons of muscles showing. It's It's actually a benefit often to have, you know, a sturdy layer of fat on your body right. to... Well, it's yeah. cold. Yeah. Probably it's, cold. Yeah. it's freezing cold. And, you know, when you're out there and it's three o'clock in the morning uh, and it's dark exactly. and the film really gives you a sense of, I don't know, how disorienting it must mm-hmm. be, how, how, how un- otherworldly it feels like to be out there at that hour and you can't see anything. There's just nothing around you, and you're in the middle of this giant puddle yeah. uh, trying to get across. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Actually, um, I think we'll be talking about Vicky Keith, who's one of yeah. our subjects. She, she, the one swim where I think she, because she's absolute courageousness. And she's she's not scared of anything, but she was scared once, and it wasn't to swim in Lake Ontario. It was a, a swim down in Catalina where she started seeing, sh- actually saw sharks underneath her. <laughs> and being an Ontarian, yeah. uh, she didn't know if that was right. as bad as she thought it was. And having seen Jaws. And having seen Jaws, yeah. Jaws has ruined everything. Or Mega. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And, Meg. <laughs> and, and so tell me about then, uh, you said that TSN was wondering about this as uh, the subject for a film. Uh, was it that it's not, uh, or, or it could be tricky, and here's the challenge for you as filmmakers, to find a way to make swimming long distance <laughs> really visually compelling? Mm-hmm. Some of it happens at night. There's yeah. not much to see. You know what I mean? There's So w- was that it perhaps? or Um. I mean, yes, to a certain extent. I mean, we we knew if we were going to cover this, if this was going to happen, we knew that we would involve drones. We knew that we would do a certain amount of underwater filming, yeah. um, and and that all that is is very beautiful. It is true that that um, if the swim that we thought was going to happen happened, uh, there was going to be a lot of stuff at night, mm-hmm. um, and and it's hard to film yeah. that. And and um, and then of course, what happens if the swim ends? at night what do you do how do you right. film that mm-hmm. um, and and just for us logistically forgetting what the broadcaster said um, uh, <laughs> just how do you never do forget it? what the broadcaster <laughs> said <Larry. laughs> but if a swim is going to last 30 40 50 yeah. hours how do you film that right. um, well you have to have shifts of crews on a boat mm-hmm. and um, well also when we first were thinking about this we were thinking about the fame of Marilyn Bell and telling mm-hmm. her story and also telling Vicki Keith's story And so we knew at first that we really, to make this visually and narratively compelling, it would be ideal to be following someone who's doing a big swim Mm -hmm. while we can follow them. Um, But we actually didn't have that swimmer. We didn't know who that was at first. And so finding that story and selling uh, this idea with that as a question mark, of course, was um, tricky. was tricky because you didn't have the subject. And in documentaries, casting is absolutely everything. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Should we tell you how we found that subject? I would love that. <laughs> how did you find well, Maya, Maya Farrell is her name. And then let's go back and talk about Vicky, who is the most, you know, who's broken more records than any marathon swimmer you know what? in let's, history. Let's pause right now for a commercial. And when we come back, we'll talk about Vicky and then we'll we'll subtly shift into talking about uh, Maya Farrell, who is uh, the, the real subject of this film. Uh, the movie is called The Impossible Swim. It's part of TSN's original series, 
Engraved on a Nation and will premiere on February 27th at 7.30. My guests in studio are Ali and Larry Weinstein, co-directors of the film. Stay with us. The Impossible Swim is a film that explores the legacy and what it takes physically and mentally to be a marathon athlete. It airs as part of the TSN original series Engraved on a Nation and will premiere on February 27th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, this movie focuses on a swimmer, an endurance swimmer named Maya Farrell, attempting her second crossing of Lake Ontario. And it is co-directed by Larry Weinstein and uh, daughter Ali Weinstein. We've talked about co-directing. We've talked about Marilyn Bell, probably the most famous Canadian uh, uh, endurance swimmer. Let's talk about Vicky Keith, who holds a whole lot of records. And we see in the film, and we were you were saying during the commercial break, is kind of polarizing to people who have never been coached before in an aggressive manner. They go, my God, how can you talk to someone like that? But other people who have been go, yeah, she's a great coach. Exactly. I mean, Vicki Keith is the single most driven person that I've ever <laughs> met in my life. And she she's just a force. Yeah. And, and even, I mean, every, like, on camera talking about her experiences is mind-blowing, just what she's put herself through and how determined she is and the goals that she sets for herself. But then even off camera, you know, if you're off camera, like, trying to figure something out for the film, her she'll be standing next to you motivating you. <laughs> I found her to be so inspirational without even looking for that. You're, like, reloading film and she's yeah. like, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. You can do it. No one can do this better. <laughs> just a really incredible person <laughs> you know it's funny I uh, when we could, we had headphones on during the final swim that we'll be talking about but but um, I could hear Vicky talking a lot and and um, at one point she and, and the person in the kayak who were who, who were um, next to yeah. to Maya swimming she she uh, said I know this is going to be a great film because Allie is so artistic. And, and I thought, Allie is artistic. She, I think she said that to motivate me. Well. In the middle of the night, yeah. when this film is so, it's hard, it's, you know, an endurance sport just to be filming it after 15 hours or whatever. I think she was trying to make us feel good about what we were doing. Yeah. And you don't film, when, when you're doing something like that, you don't film Continue. the entire third. Do you film, or are you afraid that you'll miss, like, the thing a shark jumps out of Lake Ontario and attacks yeah. him. You're like, damn it, the cameras aren't on. I mean, without giving away any spoilers mm -hmm. about what happens, um, it was, we intended to certainly not film everything right. because that would have just been a nightmare in the edit. Yeah. But we did want to be at the ready in case anything were to happen. Um, and so we had essentially two crews, two full crews in the sense of we had four camera people, three sound, two sound people, uh, one data management person, all like we're all like huddled and producers, both of us were all huddled together on these two boats trying to <laughs> logistically, it was a bit of a nightmare, but also fun. Um, and so we just, we had, we ended up covering a lot of the swim, more mm -hmm. than we intended to, honestly. Um, but but like you say, what do you do? You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
I know that I was so tense. We were all supposed to take like nap breaks and stuff, but I couldn't. I, I was so tense. Because mm. you don't want to miss a second of this. Mm-hmm. Don't want to miss, but also you hear the drama that's happening right. as you go. And it's like. Yeah. And there was. there was. We didn't expect there to. I didn't expect there to yeah. be drama, you know, but throughout, like, there's just so much happening. And. and um, keeping like what? My... Like what, 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 what would you? I was surprised by the say. sperm whale that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know like Ontario. That, that's, that's a tease for the film. <laughs> no, just uh, when you're out in the middle of Lake Ontario. I mean, we had been filming with Maya for four or five months leading up to the mm-hmm. swim. And so we knew like what she was taking on. And she she was doing a swim that no one has ever done before. She was trying to swim across the widest point of mm-hmm. Lake Ontario, which is 88 kilometers long. They were anticipating it would take between 40 to 48 hours for her to swim. With just 30 second breaks every now and again. Yeah. And uh, and by breaks, it's like, again, you're not actually touching a boat or right. you're treading water. Um, so we knew what this was. But for me personally, it wasn't until we were out there on the water like hour 10 when you're – you could still see the shore on the one side, but you're really in the middle of Lake Ontario and it just – and you can't see the other end. And – the the vastness of mm-hmm. what she was taking on hit me on this level where I just ha- couldn't comprehend it before. Yeah. And so like the changing, even though you're on this flat surface of water and we she was swimming on a very beautiful day, like there weren't a lot of waves. It was really the, the nature was in her favor that day. Um, Plus it had warmed up a lot more than they thought it would because it has yeah. to be a certain temperature as well. Mm-hmm. And the water has to be a certain temperature mm-hmm. and it was. But the way the day changes, the lake and the sort of the physical, like the the sky and the water throughout the day changes so much. And then also just her, her where she is mentally and where her crew is mentally next to her, all of that, just the subtleties of that I found to be quite interesting. Well, I'm sure that there is a weight that comes with it. It was her second attempt. It was something that she had trained for for years. Yeah. It's not like you go, I'm going to swim across Lake Ontario in six months from now you train for years to be able to do this and uh, so uh, even as you're stepping in the water the 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 history of that has to weigh on you a little bit i would imagine sure and there's that there is that weight that she in effect she feels she failed in the last swim which is a very it's it's very sad what happened she she actually crossed the lake it was from niagara on the lake area to to toronto at that time which is kind of the traditional swim Mm -hmm. that so many of these swimmers have done so many, yeah. um, <laughs> but but she she basically made it. But the thunderstorm, all these swells right. came up. Every time she would stop for a second, she'd be pushed back dozens of meters like and, and pushing that rock up the hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and so the um, and lightning started, and they had to pull her out three hundred meters from the shore. She yeah. would have been the youngest. Man person to swim Lake Ontario. She had just turned 14. You're not allowed to swim until you're 14. There's certain rules. Um, So she had just turned um, Wow, that's heartbreaking. And that, again, adds another layer of pressure for you. Yes. Yeah, because this time I want to make it. Last time, everybody said, you made it, Maya. No, I didn't. I didn't touch shore. So that was two years ago when she was young. Now she's (laughs) much older. She turned 16 just before... um, before uh, she did this. What swim. do you think drives her? 
That is an excellent question. And I don't know if I totally have the answer to that. But she she like Vicky. I think she and Vicky Keith and Marilyn Bell, they're all incredibly different people. Mm -hmm. I think I expected to see similarities in them. Right, right. Because they're all driven to do the same thing. Um which they're, is they're all very charitable, good people too. Yes. Um but and, I think what drives them I think is different, yes, maybe. That's true. That's um true. But Maya is – she's just incredibly focused. I mean she's 16 years old now. But the way that she um, – her ide- identifying what she wants in life and the way that she pursues it, I, I don't know. I just feels very mature to me. Well, she's as, she's almost as great a, a guitarist as she is a swimmer yeah, and, yeah, and, and pianist too. Yeah, we we yeah. don't – but she's equally good in piano, um, in her piano studies. Well, you know, and, and – and she's probably great at math and can do all sorts of other things because mm-hmm. I think if you're driven in that way at 14 to swim across Lake Ontario, that is a drive that probably applies to a lot of aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do something, you're not doing it by half measures. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's hard It's hard for other people to imagine what drives people. Some of them, as Ali said, sometimes it was very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that there's a, a very personal story between Marilyn Bell and her mother. Um, I believe there might be similar things for Vicky, but she just had this inner drive to do the impossible. When she heard the word impossible, she said it was not, it didn't compute. She, yeah, yeah. she, she would prove that, she, that anything is possible. She hated our title, The Impossible Swim, because it implies it's impossible. <laughs> but we, we just told her, oh, it's the sarcastic title. It's the sarcastic uh, title. It's the, it, it's the uh, a, a good title, a marketing title, a title that grabs people. Well, it, it, it implies, it certainly t- talks about the extremity of what yeah. they're doing yeah. and, and that it's, it's seemingly impossible whether it is or not. And then Maya, yeah, Maya has her own story, and it's um, and and she suffered certain loss in the course of, of doing this. Um, yeah. When when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Larry Weinstein, Ali Weinstein. They are the co-directors of the Impossible Swim, uh, which appears on TSN February twenty seventh at seven thirty p.m. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Maya Farrell. Talk about why you seem to be Ali attracted to watery subjects. <laughs> Your last film was about mermaids, so uh, stay with us when we come back. There's more. Welcome back. The Impossible Swim explores the legacy and what it takes physically and mentally to be a marathon athlete. We've been talking about Maya Farrell. Uh, she's sort of the main character of the film in her attempt to swim across Lake Ontario. The movie airs on TSN as part of the original series Engraved on a Nation, and it premieres February 27th at 7.30 p.m. In studio, we have Larry Weinstein and Ali Weinstein, the co-directors of the film. And Ali, you were a synchronized swimmer. You were someone, I, I joked earlier that you were attracted to watery subjects in your films because yeah. your last movie was about mermaids. That's right. Yeah. And it's fantastic, oh, by the way. You. I love that movie. Oh, thank you. Um, no, I know. I mean, it's funny. Like, I've had other ideas for films as well that have On to do with... Land. Well, yeah, a couple, but then also many other watery ones. So I don't know. But, <laughs> but I think, I mean, for this film... When I became involved, it was we were at a stage where we were just brainstorming mm-hmm. ideas still. And I think but within the framework of Canadian sports. And for me, I just unfortunately don't watch a lot of sports. I've tried to get into baseball and to basketball, but it doesn't really stick for me. <laughs> me <And> either. So- <laughs> 
I've never watched a whole hockey game. That's my that's Me neither. my that's my my not claim to fame, my shame. I don't know what it is. I never learned to skate. I can't skate either. We're so un-Canadian. I know, I know. <laughs> but but neither can Marilyn Bell or oh, that's uh, true. Who are Maya. great athletes? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so we relate. So yeah, that that was kind of it. I was like, if I'm thinking about sports ideas, I just naturally gravitated. Yeah. To, I also really wanted to, for no particular reason other than I guess because I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I was hoping to make a film about a woman. And so when I was just googling great Canadian. It's like Nancy Female Green. They've already, yeah, they've already yeah. made a movie about her. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Marilyn Bell was one of the first people that yeah. came up, and I just started researching more about marathon swimming. And I mean, of course, I had heard about Marilyn Bell before, mm-hmm. but I don't think I knew her full story. And and like I said earlier, I just uh, that's when I started to realize like so many women have been so great at this sport, and that really attracted me to this story. I, as well. I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know Vicky Keith's name. Yeah, so Vicky Keith uh, as someone who has uh, set all sorts of records, and and is a superstar in this, but and she appears in the film. Yes, uh, and we talked a little bit earlier about her coaching style. Seems aggressive unless you've been <laughs> on the other end of it, and then you go, no, that's what coaches do. Yeah, but uh, talk to me a little bit about Vicky Keith and why she's significant to the sport. Well, Vicky Keith of all. <laughs> of all open water swimmers in history, she has broken more records. Right. She has done things that are are incredible. And when people hear her story, they shake their heads. How, <laughs> so, you know, this whole thing about going across Lake Ontario, she found out it's impossible to do a double crossing Lake Ontario. And then she goes, I did it in 56 hours in our film. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's, it's true. She apparently stopped on one side ate a cheeseburger. Toweled off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Maya, who's right. vegan yeah. or vegetarian. And and then she she uh, she jumped in and went back to the other side. And then and then she yes, yeah, she did these incredible swims. Um, the one, she some swam of- across all five uh, Great Lakes in one summer. Which is, I mean, it takes, as you can imagine, it takes a very long time to recuperate from Mm -hmm. one of these swims. When you've been swimming, when you've been training for months and then swimming for 40 hours straight across a cold lake, some of these swimmers describe feeling fatigue from that for up to three or four months later. Well, it's like uh, uh, bicyclists when you're doing these these, uh, crazy, uh, the Tour de France uh, France and that sort of thing. Apparently, you it's physically impossible to eat as many calories as you're burning off right. every day. You know, it's just that your body is just going through things that most people who aren't elite athletes will never experience. Yeah, Vicky has talked about losing 30 pounds during a swim. Yes. I mean, wow. it's, it's unbelievable. Um, she also, one of my we, favorite... We don't recommend this as a, <laughs> as a yeah, yeah. diet plan. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite uh, swims of hers, which is a bit unusual because it was in a pool rather than, I mean, these are primarily open water yeah. swimmers. That's what they do. But Vicky did a couple of swims where she tried to uh, swim for as long as she could in a pool. She she once swam for 100 hours nonstop, and she felt it was too easy. She could have kept going. So she did another swim a year later or something like that. In a YMCA pool, and it, I believe it was a fundraiser. She was yeah. trying to raise money, and she set a goal of 200 hours for herself. She ended up falling asleep at 145 hours, 149 hours and 45. 129 hours and oh, 45 gosh. minutes. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Hours Thank and 45 you. Minutes. Which is 
five and a half days That's of nonstop swimming. <laughs> well, well, she does it she for a hundred hours, and she's like, "It's too easy." Well, maybe they should have had people throw rocks at her or something yeah, while yeah, she yeah, was yeah. doing it just to up the uh, the, the danger obstacle. level. You know? and, and she yeah. talked about the amazing hallucinations. Like she said, "Yeah, I, so I, let's yeah. talk about that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. At, at 36 hours, she says it's almost predictable that she'll start hallucinating. And she's kind of aware that it's hallucinations. Right. If you know at what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, because she's such an optimistic, wonderful person, even though some of them sound like nightmares to us, they, she, she says she actually enjoys them. Uh, we touch upon them, but I, I want to mention one that, that she, she doesn't we, – we don't talk about right. in the film because it's, it's so – Amazing, she she was swimming on that swim that Ali was just talking about in the in the pool with the lanes. You can see the the lines of the lanes, and she started yelling at the people at the side. I don't know if this was hour eighty or whatever this was, but she started yelling like. Get me peanut butter. Get me peanut butter. <laughs> and they said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Where? Where do we get peanut butter? And she said, down there. And the lanes that she saw had become, she was over top of supermarkets, like a large supermarket. Wow. And these were aisles, shopping aisles. And she could see the jam and the, you know, the <laughs> wow. and the peanut butter. And they said, and she said, down there, down there in the supermarket, like, just reach down and get it. And, and they said, why do you want peanut butter? And she said, to spread on the Martians at the end of the lane. Wow. And <laughs> we um, didn't have the budget to do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The CGI. In the so animated we, version uh, yeah, of this exactly. film that you eventually make. <laughs> we asked for extra $2 yeah. million dollars and the people balked. But uh, she would often hallucinate during her swims, at, either in the pool or in open water. And because when you're awake for that many mm-hmm. hours, um, your mind starts to play tricks on you. And she... She does talk about how occasionally she felt they were dangerous because she would like she rem- remembers seeing sunken treasure at the bottom of the lake. And wow. she did at some point advise her crew that was boating alongside her. If I go down, like if I start to go under the water, that's when you know you have to actually stop me. Because she wanted to pick up the gold bullion. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing to be that self-aware. Yeah. And to understand what's going to happen. I'm going to literally lose my mind probably. Yeah. But I'm going to fight my way through it, and keep going. Exactly. And I'm going to like it. And I'm going to like it. (laughs) Uh, The the Impossible Swim airs on TSN as part of the original series Engraved on a Nation on February 27th uh, at uh, 7.30 p.m. My guests in studio are Larry Weinstein and Ali Weinstein, the co-directors of the film. Uh, What's Maya up to now? Maya Farrell is the main character of this film. What's she doing right now? Well, Maya is in grade 11. She's already accomplished a lifetime's <laughs> worth of stuff. So she's focused on finishing school. And I believe, I mean, she's still working with Vicki Keith. I mm-hmm. think she has some more swimming up her sleeve. She refuses to tell us what she's doing because as much as I think she did enjoy being part of the film, but at the same time, I don't think she wants another film made about her. There's only one scene in the film where she's like, turn the cameras off. Yeah. It's too much. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I think we wanted to make a film about three generations of swimmers and and obviously with the age and and that they were all interconnected because they all meet each other. Vicky coaches Maya, then they go to Marilyn as a mentor for advice and, and there's interaction there. And that was the thing that was really moving to us, plus the generations within their own individual stories. Mm -hmm. And the subjects of the film 
appre- uh, expressed this appreciation. They they got that, and they thought it was really amazing that Ali and I were co-directing, and that it's our generations as well. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing became very personal and very moving. Um, and when there's tragedy that's referred to, it's it's so provoking. I mean, it's so heartfelt and, and it was very hard sometimes to get through this film and, and even to watch it now is something very emotional. And I, I don't think it's just from us. Well, I would say that films about sports are never about the sport. Mm -hmm. They're not about the big swim. They're not about the big game that always happens right at the very end or the match or whatever. They're about universal uh, truths, about learning about yourself, about fighting through adversity, whatever it might be. Uh, But the good sports films are never really just about the sport. Yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy the first time that we watched a rough cut, uh, you know, in in full because, you know, you're editing little sequences and mm-hmm. then just watching the film. It was like that's when it dawned on me. I was like, oh, we made a film about a daughter and a father and a mother and the generations of in a way Marilyn Bell really feels like her grandmother and Vicky Keith yeah. is like another motherly figure it, fe- it feels like it's about a family and not about swimming I mean that's a huge part of it and of but. course and of course um, uh, of course they all Marilyn refers to her own mother which mm-hmm. she hasn't mm-hmm. let go of and, and her husband of course and who, who she lost recently, and and there's there's all this really moving stuff. Somebody said uh, to me when when we're pitching this at TSN and with our producers at Circle Blue, that uh, like we talked about how emotional this is and how it's obviously not your typical sports yeah. film. And somebody kind of admonished me and said, "What are you talking about? Don't you watch TSN? Don't you watch the football game?" <laughs> it's emotional. It's all about the emotions. Yeah. And and yeah, of course, golfers at the end of a tournament will will weep yeah. as they hug their loved ones, and it, it's that pressure. It's that pressure they put on themselves. It's really a beautiful thing. I thought the arts, having made films about mm-hmm. arts all my life, I thought that's where the emotion is. I was wrong. It's sports. The movie is called The Impossible Swim. Focuses on Maya Farrell and her uh, attempt at a second crossing of Lake Ontario. It airs on TSN as part of the original series Engraved on a Nation and will premiere on February 27th at 7.30 p.m. Ali and Larry, thanks so much for coming Thank in. You. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks to Mike Catherwood on the board. Most of all, thanks to you for listening and we'll talk again next week.